everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Carrie Trotter. Hello, Emma. It's so good to be with you and all of our friends that are listening. Carrie, I'm so glad you're here. We've gotten to spend a little bit of time serving together on a couple Sundays, but what's your story? How'd you come to know Jesus? And fast forward, what's he doing in your life today? Oh, that's such a loaded question. But to make it a concise answer, it's so good to be with you. Yes, we have had the opportunity and privilege of serving a couple different spaces in our home church at Watermark. Um, But my story, my background is when I was eight years old, I grew up in the church. But when I was eight years old, I was sitting in a sermon about the fruit of the Spirit. I realized there was absolutely no way, even as an eight-year-old, I could have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and gentleness, and certainly (laughs) self-control without something else working in my life. And I walked the aisle, surrendered, and accepted Jesus then. I've had a very imperfect relationship with God, um, but have been walking with Him now at this point for over 30 years. It's amazing. (sighs) which feels such kindness of the Lord that He stuck with me through so much. Um, My husband, I'm married to my husband, Toby. We've been married for almost 21 years now. It's amazing. Praise God. Praise God. And we've got three children, Kate Ainsley and Shelby. And we have actually, where our testimony comes into play today is we have moved eight times or transitioned eight times in 20 years. Mm. We've been in the athletic profession. We've done a lot of different things serving different communities, but the Lord has largely had us live a nomadic lifestyle, learning how to catch and release different things in life. Um, And so our story and our line, our testimony of faith is to remain desperately dependent on Him, and there is exceedingly abundant joy inside of all of that. Mm. So that's where I found myself today, Emma. Thanks for sharing. I mean, you're exactly right. Your your story of moving as a family is so relevant to Exodus 38 because as we look at the Israelites and where we've been as we've studied Exodus, which we're almost done, they leave Egypt through the plagues, the Passover, ultimately the parting of the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness traveling. They find themselves at the base of Mount Sinai. God gives them the Ten Commandments. Then we have the whole golden calf situation. Got a little scary. Gets a little dicey in there, yeah. And then God gives them the law again. Specifically, they they later get the instructions for the tabernacle. And we see these gifted people coming together. People are giving of their belongings. In chapter 37, the construction's continuing. And now in chapter 38, this nomadic family is going to finish building the tabernacle because God wants to be with them, to tabernacle or bide or dwell with them as they travel. And so we we look at chapter 38, this construction's finishing. Uh, what observations did you make? Oh, it's so good to hear your synopsis of where they've been. I think it is interesting when I came to this text and this part of the scripture, it can kind of feel like, oh, am I going to drown? And, you know, things that are purple or acacia wood or color silver, Mm -hmm. what's even happening? Why does this matter? Maybe I'll just skim over this. But here's where the value is, because it is specific. Mm -hmm. We don't serve a generalized God. We serve a specific God, even down to the resources He wants to use out of our life. And up to this point, they had simply been traveling along, popping a tent, creating worship as they went. But now God had given Moses specific instructions to construct a home for his spirit to tabernacle, just like you said, with the people. And 
for me, for the observation, is that there is value that God, A, wants to be with them. Mm-hmm. Even after everything that they've seen, all the plagues, the exodus, the wilderness, um, even their sin and unrighteousness being ever-present before them. Totally. That He wants to build a place and He wants to be with them. The reason why kind of the specific nature of the resources that break down in Exodus 38, the reason why that's important is because it's saying, gather everything that you have, you have, not what somebody else has, not what I need to create in order for it to be special enough to be used in this way. It is a specific resource that they themselves can either find or that they have, and God wants to use it. Mm. And when he uses it, he creates a space for his Holy Spirit to be present with them. And in my life, you know, you ask me, where are you at? Where's your testimony? Where are you at? When I read scripture, you know, we're reading it to know the Lord. Right. But if I read this and I think, okay, how can I take Exodus 38? Of all passages. Of all passages in all the world. How can I make that? play into my now life. Hmm. And I think it is for me, like I said, my family, we've been largely nomadic for 20, almost 21 years. We've had to catch and release, pick up, pack up, go on. And kind of like the children of Israel, you just pop a tent, prepare a place for worship, allow the Lord um, to be present with you there. And then the second he says, okay, it's time to pack up and move on. You know, you just pack up and you move on. Mm. But to know that always his idea is to establish his presence with us. Mm. His his idea or his goal is always to establish his presence with us. Yes. And always to use what he's building within our testimony. Mm. It's not to use something that isn't within, like it says in Psalm 16, the lot lines, like he creates lot lines for us mm-hmm. that are beautiful and create an inheritance. And here, that's what he's doing for the children of Israel. He's saying, I want to tabernacle with you. And what you use and how you give me your resources and your lives, I'll use that and establish my presence with you. Um, it's the weightiness, the expense, everything that that costs them to create, to, to build, it all was worth it. And I think the expense or the cost in our lives of continuing to stay um, present with the Lord as He's remaining present with us, it is so valuable. That's the testimony. That's what's valuable. It's not about the acacia wood or the hmm. cubic centimeters or the, you know, color purple or, you know, whatever. Sure. You know, don't get lost in that language. See the weight of the testimony they were building with each element they added It was doubling down on the Lord is with us. The Lord promises to be present with us. And that's what I would say, even for those that are listening, understand that the Lord is using what He's building in your life, through your life. And we were talking before we even pushed record about what it says in Revelation 12, 11. I love it. It says, And they overcame and conquered Him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. Um, what is the word of your testimony? What are the specific materials God is using and pulling together to, quote-unquote, tabernacle with you? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I So I heard two things I want to circle back on with our remaining time. So number one, uh, we don't serve a generalized God. We serve a, a specific God, a God who cares about the details. And I see you highlighting that through what's pretty obvious to anyone who's taken the time to read Exodus 38. There's a lot of details. 
And the principle that you're drawing from the text is that God cares about the details in our lives, and he's wired each of us uniquely and given us the training, the resources, the skills, anything we have for a reason. And then the second, the second I guess, principle or idea as we wrap up is uh, how you drew the application from this text. So maybe work it backwards a little bit for us. How did you get there? I mean, you've moved a lot, so it's probably a little easier for you to identify with the Israelites. If that's not my story, if I grew up in the same house my whole life, how do I pull an application from this? So fair. And I think what's so brilliant is that there can be two parts. I could say, because I've moved, I've had to physically catch and release my life. This Mm -hmm. idea of, okay, I land somewhere and I have to settle and I have to use what I have, how I have it. But I think also it takes just as much faith to be stayed somewhere Hmm. and look at familiar elements in your life and feel like this doesn't feel exciting or special or different. It feels like what I've always had or what's always been around. And that's where you have the faith to say, Lord, give me fresh eyes to see Hmm. what is right in front of me today that you want to pull together and use as a tabernacle in a sense for your presence in my life. Hmm. Yeah, and when you say, as a tabernacle for your presence, I, the word reminder comes to mind. Like, we know, okay, God's Spirit lives in us if, you, if you're saved, but we forget that. We grow um, apathetic toward it, naive. How would you speak into that? I would definitely say, you know, I've been thinking a lot, cross-referencing a lot of different things in this conversation, but I look back even at Luke 22, where it talks about um, how the Lord does communion, and He breaks the bread, pours the wine, and says, do this in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. Every time we allow resources in our lives to be broken out and poured out, we're remembering a fresh identity of God's presence in our lives. Mm -hmm. We're breaking, we're pouring we're reminded. And the only way we do that is if we use what we have around us and we say, okay, God, in my monotonous every day, just for myself, even as a 43-year-old woman raising three kids at home, open my eyes fresh to the home that I have, Mm. the wood, the colors, the fabrics, the place where I'm putting my hands, open it fresh so that I can tabernacle with your presence. That's awesome, Carrie. Thank you for sharing. We're out of time. We'll have to have you back on. I love you, Emma Daughter. Oh, thanks for being here. And as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.